0: By accessing this podcast, the user and or audience acknowledges that while Serenade highly respects the speaker and or speakers, and has high regard for their knowledge and integrity, Serenade makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information and or opinions featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only.
1: Welcome to Serenade Snacks. Your favorite podcast where we discuss trending immigration topics, events, experiences, and other legal news. Join us every week for the latest in the immigration world to discuss the status with the brightest minds in the industry. Now, here are your hosts, Shake and Ray.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Ray, and I am joined by my co host, Sheikh. And this is
3: Sarah Night Snacks.
2: Today, we have Drew Miller. Drew, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, right, thank you for having me.
2: Drew works with a nonprofit organization and is based out of Southern Nebraska. Drew, if you could give us some background about your organization, who are you guys, and what type of services do you guys offer?
0: Certainly. Uh, so, we are Catholic Social Services of Southern Nebraska. We've uh, been ex- in existence since the 1930s. Um, and most notably, uh, our our agency grew out of a response for the need to resettle refugees uh, from World War II. And uh, and that's kind of been one of our hallmark programs since then. But um, in general, uh, we're based out of Lincoln, Nebraska, but we have um, a number of other offices throughout uh, southern Nebraska, all the way from our eastern border of Nebraska, all the way to um, Colorado, everything south of the Platte River. Um, and we have a few offices in uh, Hastings, Nebraska, Imperial, Nebraska, Auburn, Nebraska. Um, but our main home is based here in, in Lincoln. Um, we, have, we, we really do cover a, a kind of a broad array of, of social services. Um, in terms of kind of our hard services, we have a food pantry, which um, anyone can access um, once a month. Um, and the nice thing about our food pantry is um, it's uh, designed to really Promote the dignity of the individual coming, and so lots of times we imagine um, food pantries as just being um, boxes, kind of filled up and then um, and then kind of sent out to the person um, in the lobby. But we actually have a, a market, and so um, our our boss is very health savvy, and so she has um, put up lots of signs um, showing um, the values of, of different types of foods and whatnot. And so it, it, you kind of loop around like it's a like it's a a regular grocery store, and that's kind of the experience that we're going for. Um, through COVID, um, it's kind of returned to kind of the boxed mm-hmm. one, but but outside of COVID times, it's a it's it's a really um, really kind of lovely experience for the client because they get to choose um, what's best for their family um, based on maybe dietary restrictions or whatnot. Um, we also have um, hygiene and, and clothing vouchers. We have a thrift store here, which our homeless and uh, low resource individuals can access. For free clothing, especially winter clothing, Um, but in terms of kind of our our um, our our other kind of legal and um, and uh, kind of soft services, we have um, we have what's called our uh, Gianna's Home for Women, and it's uh, it's uh, I think there's over 20 apartments in it. It's a secure location, and we house uh, women that are victims of spousal abuse or. Um, or domestic violence or whatnot um, and uh, and they're able to live there rebuild their lives and um, and uh, and and so it's a it's a great place normally there's over I think including the children um, there's typically around a hundred people living in the home and so that's a that's a great program we also have a um, a counseling center the Immaculate Heart Counseling Center which um, has a number of therapists and psychologists, and I have to give my mother a shout out. She's been mm-hmm. uh, a therapist there for over thirty years, oh, wow. um, so yeah. <laughs> she's been there quite some time. Um, and they do everything from marital therapy to um, you know pretty much any anything under the sun. Um, <clears throat> I think I spoke earlier about our refugee resettlement department. Um, that's like I said, that's been around since um, since well the the end of World War II, and. Um, and uh, the program was booming in the 90s, especially after the, the, um, the you know, variety of conflicts that were happening, especially in, in um, Yugoslavia, the former Yugoslavia, as well as a number mm. of other places. Um, and then, of course, after 9-11, the resettlement uh, was shut down for a whole year. Mm. And so since then, um, you know, it's kind of been um, up and down in terms of the amount of refugees being resettled uh, every single year. Um, and that's actually where I got my start from 2013 until 20, 2018. I was working the, the resettlement uh, department as a case manager, resettling lots of these families. And well, <clears throat> one day I decided that I kind of wanted to get into the legal side of things. And so uh, my agency was willing to sponsor uh, my uh, my application for, for DOJ accreditation. And that was mm-hmm. um, approved and accepted in November of 2018. And um, and I've been practicing ever since. And so, our immigration department has been around. Uh, we've been accredited since nineteen ninety nine. Um, but uh, just in the last two years, it's it's really since I uh, um, went full time there, it's uh, it's it's really begun to grow in the community, and um, and and we've really seen it as kind of a vital role um, in uh, in providing individuals with uh, you know low low income or yeah. um, or <clears throat> mixed status families. Um, A very reliable and affordable uh, immigration legal service. So that's kind of CSS as a whole. Um, We've got a lot going on.
2: Wow, that's amazing. That's a a lot of services there. Now you already talked a little bit about the immigration work that you do for your clients, but I guess more on that. uh, What type of immigration services do you guys offer?
0: Yeah, so um, I do. I do all types of representation. Um, The only. Uh, thing that I don't do is anything that revolves um, like removal or deportation or detention mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of just on the US side, USCIS uh, side of things um, we last year we represented uh, over 60 individuals for their citizenship applications and then uh, hundreds of other individuals um, with with all all sorts of um, all sorts of processes such as DACA renewal um, you know, the, anything from a simple green card renewal all the way to uh, um, uh, family-based immigration. So I one thirties, um, kind of, it's kind of a mixed bag. We kind of, um, you never know what what uh, what what uh, type of case will come through the door every day, and so that's kind of what I like about it. Um, but yeah, we kind of we kind of do everything with USCIS.
3: And in terms of managing cases and clients, are there any differences in how you guys handle cases instead of a law firm that? Offers immigration services, and any similarities in the way you manage cases. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so um, thankfully, through you know programs like e-immigration, I think we're able to um, you know be on par with what a private um, uh, a private law firm can provide in terms of case management. I think uh, ethics and case management is really the heart of any legal immigration program. Um, if you are not keeping uh, you know, if you're not keeping good records, if you're not ethically treating your clients, whether um, whether you're a nonprofit or or a privately owned um, or privately run law firm, um, your your program is not going to be fruitful. So, in that sense, um, you know, I think we're we're very similar to a law firm. Um, where we differ, I think, is <clears throat> is of course the price. Um, as a as a DOJ recognized agency, we are. Um, required to serve individuals that are low income Uh, we serve all individuals so not all of our individuals are low income but most of our individuals um, most of our individual clients are and so our ability to serve clients um, despite their inability to pay um, you know high high, uh, fees is kind of the the hallmark of, of our of our immigration program. Also, um, lots of individuals I think avoid uh, private attorneys, or or maybe they they hesitate to go because of uh, of a high consultation fee. So if the consultation fee is a hundred dollars, but they are nervous about coming out of there with, you know, oftentimes the answer is there is no answer, there is mm-hmm. no pathway, there is no relief. Well, then they just lost hundred dollars. <throat> so the way that uh, the way that I think we differ is we provide free consultations for our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't charge, and um, and I think that's what really um, avails clients to um, to to taking you know advantage of uh, of this of, of you know this opportunity. You know, because people are are we're we're such a touch point for the community in in such a variety of ways that they know our faces, they know um, who we are, and and what our mission is, and, and I think that goes a long way. Um, and, and gaining the trust of the community, because you know a, a private attorney firm is—you know—they look very, very official. And private attorneys are needed, and there's amazing ones in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, there's also a great need for affordable legal representation, and I think that's where um, Catholic Social Services is able to find its niche. Gotcha, gotcha.
2: Now, one of the reasons we brought you on, besides giving us some insight about your organization is recently there was a ruling by the Ninth Circuit Appeals Court that determined the current administration can end temporary protective status to people who came to the U.S. from El Salvador, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Sudan, and will take effect by 2021, essentially forcing people who've been here for years to go back to those countries. Now, do you currently have any clients who have TPS? How are they feeling?
0: Yes, I I do have a number of clients, um, uh, just Central American clients uh, from that that are that do have TPS, um, they're obviously not um, not thrilled with with what uh, with what has come out, um, and and they're quite nervous. Of course, they've been living in this limbo for a number of years. Um, you know, this is bad news, but th- this certainly isn't the first time that they've um, you know where their TPS has been threatened like this. Um, so uh, more or less, what uh, what I'm encouraging my clients to do that do have TPS is to um, is to come in for a consultation so that we can verify again that there aren't any other um, possible forms of relief for them. Um, and so, you know, one of the first things I always ask my clients is, um, you know, have you ever been the victim of any one of these possible 31 qualifying U visa crimes, right? Because we, we oftentimes forget that, that you know, um, I kind of call it a miracle visa, um, that, you know, the U visa is always, is always there for individuals that qualify. Um, and that's just one example, but there's there's plenty of people that um, that uh, for for whatever reason um, have not uh, filed petitions. So maybe they are married to to a U.S. citizen or a legal permanent resident, and uh, they have TPS, but they just haven't filed that I-130. So what are the other types of relief that these individuals um, can seek? That's that's kind of the main the main point of a uh, of, of of kind of kind of a, a new consultation to kind of meet again because lots of things do change. Um, you know, especially in mixed-status families. So, um, so yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm hoping um, that uh, that uh, the TPS is extended once again, and, and ultimately that a pathway is is created for these individuals. Because I think the common conversation around TPS right now, especially among El Salvador, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's been twenty years. I think two thousand and one mm-hmm. is when uh, the original the original reason for it was the earthquake. Um, and, uh, but, you know, the country has been in, you know, uh, not a good condition, mm-hmm. especially when we're talking about El Salvador, uh, since 2001. And, um, and that's why these individuals have been permitted to stay. Um, but, uh, you know, the conversation is, well, these people have set down roots. Many of them have gotten married. Many of them have got, had children. Um, but, uh, but so the question kind of remains is like, what, what, uh, what, 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 it's kind of like the DACA question. Um, we all kind of agree that individuals uh, that have been able to lay down roots in this country for so many years and, um, you know, have maintained, uh, um, you know, either the deferred action or TPS um, could have some type of solution for them, some type of pathway. Um, and that's the ultimate goal. Um, is, is is for them to eventually get permanent residency and, and one day citizenship? Um, because this this constant um, extension and limbo that these individuals are living in is is uh, unimaginably difficult and, and straining on themselves and their families, um, but also on communities. Um, when when an individual has a work permit that's about to expire, that results in um, you know a job possibly being lost. Um, will they be able to find another individual? Um, to to replace this individual if, if if they are no longer allowed to legally work, being able to extend a pathway to to these individuals that have laid down roots in our country is, is paramount. The the constant um, extension uh, and and limbo that these individuals are are having to live in um, is is strenuous on themselves, their families, their communities, um, which is our community. And um, and all of these people have a know laid down laid down roots and and they want some type of permanent pathway to citizenship and and that's what we'll continue to advocate for
2: we'll see what happens in the upcoming election in november the results will be vital to the fate of people with tps and their families but before we let you go the crowd wants to know what is your favorite snack
0: my favorite snack if i'm feeling fancy i'm a i'm a big fan of dates i don't know I, i call it god's candy um, mm. It's delicious oh um, but yes. but if you want you know if you want to uh, if you want to wrap a little bacon around the date and pop it in the oven 350 for 15 to 18 minutes, the caramelization is 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 <laughs> is, is unbelievable. It's heavenly, I, it's I heavenly some might say yes and uh, but man if I'm just by this by the edge of the pool nothing beats a bag of doritos. And of course you know I've uh, I've been uh, I, I've become more and more accustomed to uh, to throw some Valentina sauce. Oh. That's, a, that's a, I'm Very. a huge. I don't know if you guys, oh if you guys course. are Valentina fans. But uh,
2: I'm Mexican American, so I know about Valentina. <laughs> there you
0: go. Yeah, and so you buy it in the big bottle, then. <laughs> yeah, we
2: have like yeah, Valentina, Tapatio. We have like the whole arsenal of hot sauce. And yeah. Shake shakes from yeah. Senegal. He's he's a big hot sauce person, also. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> Really?
0: What's is, Senegal, does, is there some Senegalese hot sauce that you can recommend?
3: um there is a website uh that sells senegalese hot sauce uh they're they're based in north carolina uh i don't know it off on top of my head but i have it somewhere i'll I'll share it with you later
0: all right well yeah i mean christmas is around the corner so i think you guys have my address my firm's address at least (laughs) (laughs) that's true true. (laughs) yeah
3: so, anything coming up on your end, uh, maybe a virtual event, a fundraiser, or something else for the clients who want to get in touch with you and, and learn more about your services?
0: Um, not, in, in terms of uh, educational events, we, we use Clinic Legal, and I'll have to, that's, that's going to be my plug today. Um, we're in a, Our immigration department is, in a, is an affiliate of Clinic, the Catholic Legal Immigration Network. Um, you don't have to be a Catholic organization to be a part of it. Lots of there's lots of private and secular um, nonprofits um, that are a part of it. But they put on um, s- some of the best webinars and training. I mean, uh, lots of lots of immigration training um, uh, every single month of, from everything from removal to uh, naturalization. They they go everything and in between. They've got a great um, annual conference as well. Um, and so that's that's who we go to for our um, for for our uh, you know uh, immigration uh, it, you know webinars and trainings and whatnot. You can find them at cliniclegal.org. dot um, but uh, but of course immigration is a federal uh, federal law. You know it's a federal field of law, and so I can represent anybody in in the fifty states. And so you're always welcome to find us at www.cssisus.org. Um, and and reach out that way
3: all right uh drew we thank you for your time thank you so much we really appreciate it
0: absolutely have a nice day
1: you've been listening to the serenade snacks podcast be sure to subscribe and follow us on spotify apple podcasts stitcher google podcasts or wherever else you listen to get new fresh weekly episodes for more Please follow Serenade on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit our website at serenade.com. That's C-E-R-E-N-A-D-E ecom Until next time, snack on.